This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, time now for us to catch up with our regular fortnightly conversation with Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins, who joins us on the line now. Morera, Aaron, good to have you with us. Kia ora, good morning. Here we are, I think, was it day nine of lockdown now? Uh, you'd be I forgiven. have no idea. <laughs> you'd be forgiven for losing count, that's for sure. Um, there is a wee bit of a sense, isn't there, in the South Island at least, that um, some people are getting a bit edgy and pushing the boundaries a wee, wee bit. I see some reports um, in the Otago Daily Times this morning that uh, there's been a few people out there um, perhaps getting involved in activities that uh, are best advised not to at this time, and those are the things like jumping in the water or going out into the ocean or getting on your mountain bike and essentially putting yourself in a situation where should uh, something go wrong, you're going to put some demand on emergency services. So I guess the message at this time is just uh, just to cool your heels a wee bit. Yeah, well, there are certainly grey areas in some of the advice from the Ministry of Health. It seems fairly obvious to most people that getting in your car and driving for four hours to go jet boating on the Makarora River is um, not one of your local recreational opportunities. I think, I mean, the sense I get is that this is harder this time for people, and and, and I think there's two reasons for that. Firstly, back in March of last year, which is when we were last in this situation, there were, it was uh, a very new phenomenon, uh, and there was a, 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 a almost a sense of adrenaline, really, in, in coming together and responding as sharply as we did. Uh, this time around, people are exhausted. We've been doing this for 18 months, um, if not physically in, in states of lockdown, which we fortunately haven't been uh, for large parts of the time, but, um, but emotionally and mentally it is ever-present threat, and I think that is something that really does wear on people um, after a while, and, and I think to compound that, we know that uh, this is a, a far more uh, voracious uh, variant of the coronavirus that we're currently combating than the one that we were 18 months ago, and so that's a you know that adds uh, a, a fair degree of of stress to the situation. But uh, certainly, the 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 coming together and following the public health guidance is the best opportunity that we have to get out the other side of this as soon as we can and 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 I would urge people to to do what they're told I mean we were living in an opt-in police state basically last year but it was an effective one um, and I, I get that this is hard for people and it is frustrating and and, and particularly uh, for people whose domestic situation isn't ideal uh, in a, on a day-to-day basis uh, anyhow but um, I, I would certainly um, uh, ask everyone to, to chip in in the way that they have previously to, to try and get on top of this current outbreak. And plenty of people have asked why the South Island in particular is uh, still uh, in level four, given that there are no positive cases uh, in the South Island, let alone in, in our region. And I think the map that the, the Prime Minister showed uh, late last week which showed that there were contacts to the current outbreak all over the country. Uh, that is the, the the single illustration that shows why it is that we are uh, still all in this together because until we know what they call the perimeter, until we know the, the extent of 
where this may have travelled, then it's um, it's a proportionate response to keep people uh, at home to avoid it circulating un- unknowingly in the community. And you don't have to look at Sydney, who dealt with when they went into lockdown, but it was lockdown with Bunnings, uh, and you know they're getting 800, 900 new cases a day, and are at very real risk of having lost control of this. And, and that's not a situation that. And we want to be in. Yeah, we should perhaps temper our expectations too about whatever announcement might be made tomorrow about alert levels. Interesting comment from COVID-19 Response Minister Chris Hipkins yesterday when he said it's not just cases, but the risk of cases that they take into account when they decide what alert levels should be in place. And of course, there's contacts, as you said, spread right across the country. People people who are at locations of interest spread right through the country. So they look at all of those things when they make the decision and they still have a couple of days to do that or a day and a half now to do that. Um, they'll be keeping an eye on the numbers. Um, Ashley Bloomfield this morning on National Radio uh, making it very clear that it's going to be uh, not until numbers start trending downwards that anything changes for Tamaki Mikauro. So, um, yeah, uh, one expects a cautious approach and uh, seems to be paying off but one can understand also some of the frustrations that people are starting to feel so um, anyway here in the city in general uh, Aaron you'd have to be pleased with the way Dunedin people have uh, embraced the messages uh, for being um, as uh, someone who's able to travel uh, to and from work as um, media is essential work it seems to be that uh, certainly when people are out and about they're for the most part, respecting each other's space. Um, took a visit to the supermarket last night. Boy, oh boy, I really feel for those supermarket workers who are doing such a wonderful job. Uh, and it's pretty clear that some of those supermarkets are under strain a little bit themselves too, searching for employees at the moment, many of them. So um, no doubt quite a demand on some of the people who are keeping things ticking over. Uh, we've got, of course, you know, age concern and those who are taking care of older people in the community. We've got, I spoke yesterday with the Student Volunteer Army here locally who are kicking into gear with their grocery deliveries. There's, it's a pretty amazing response, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah, and, and we can't um, thank enough of the people who are keeping things ticking over, as you say. I mean, and, and the the... The supermarkets and, and pharmacies are doing a great job of um, making sure that adequate supplies are managed and keeping people, and more importantly, keeping uh, their their staff safe and their customers safe. When you go to the supermarket, I don't know about you, but it does. I mean, it's sort of well, it's not always necessarily a pleasant experience at the best of times, but it certainly um, it certainly feels more more tense uh, this time around but uh, yeah there are they are they are called essential workers for a reason uh, we still need uh, supplies to come in and, and and people still need to be able to eat and 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 likewise um you know we have our staff up at the wastewater treatment plants and uh, and drinking water treatment plants making sure that people can still drink the water that comes out of the tap and, and, and flush the toilet and all those basic things that you take for granted. But uh, that's not without uh, those teams um, shouldering their share of the risk uh, as essential workers. And I think we're all uh, incredibly grateful uh, to those people for doing that work uh, in, this, in this situation, which is 
uh, incredibly taxing and has been, as has been pointed out many times in the last 18 months, uh, not necessarily very well remunerated. Just turning to uh, our own City Council response and uh, if uh, listeners, if you want to check out what the situation is with Dunedin City Council services, best place to do it is to hop online to the website dunedin.govt.nz There's, uh, that's been kept up to date and also the Dunedin City Council Facebook page if you are across um, social media at all. But uh, outside of that, what, how are you working? How are the decision makers working at the moment, Aaron? So I'm working from home, uh, although um, I've taken to adopting the the guidance from the Tertiary Education Union who told their membership last week uh, that you're not working from home, you're at home uh, during a crisis trying to work, and I, and I feel like that's a more um, adequate way of describing it. Um, schools are closed, obviously. That's, this isn't uh, an easy work environment for everyone to be able to, to manage, but uh, yeah, I'm working out of the kitchen table at my at my place uh, between um, pole tennis tournaments and Lego marathons and um, teaching a five-year-old to try and play the board game Mastermind, which didn't necessarily turn out to be the best idea. But uh, we, we're, we're, working, we're working from home. We had a council meeting uh, scheduled for this week that were cancelled, um, but we will be looking to try and set something up uh, next week just trying to get the system... Uh, in, in, in place to be able to do really basic stuff like put the agenda together and call a meeting together. But uh, we didn't have any meetings in Level 4 uh, at the start of last year, so that would be would be new for us. Um, but we still have the, um, the, the ability to hold meetings remotely. Um, you know, there was te- there were, they changed the rules last time, basically, to allow you to better have a meeting by Zoom. Um, and, and it seems likely that uh, the next meeting that we have will be um, will be by video conference as opposed to gathering together in person, which uh, we wouldn't do until we were in uh, level two, I don't think. Now, you have found time to join voices with other Otago and Southland councils to ask the government to take a chill pill in relation to its uh, big uh, water reform program. Ten councils unanimously endorsing a letter to local government minister Nanaima Huta yesterday that uh, stated communities would not be able to make informed decisions about the reform without more time. And, of course, the proposal here... Um, four multi-region water providers have been proposed to control New Zealand's wastewater, stormwater and drinking water and those four entities would take on a role which at the moment is a combined responsibility of nearly 70 individual councils. Uh, we have touched on this before, Aaron, but you know, in a nutshell, you're, you're thinking here in terms of asking for a slowdown? Yeah, despite everything else going on, the the, the, the work of of council and the legislative program of government carries on. There's no, um, there's no breath there. Look, we've been told all the way through that we would be guaranteed two things. Uh, one, that the continued participation in the Three Waters Reform Program would be a genuine choice uh, for each council to make uh, and that we would have the opportunity for our community to give feedback on the proposal in advance of us making the decision. And and the public consultation, given the way that the timelines sit now, uh, seems 
like it would be little more than cursory, uh, which then makes the decision we take uh, difficult without having that kind of input. I mean, we have far higher requirements of us um, before we make decisions far less significant than this, which is the single biggest um, uh, reshaping of what local government does uh, and, and how services are delivered in more than 30 years. This is a, a significant thing, and for us to be asked to make that decision uh, without the proper opportunity to talk to our community about it, uh, I think is um, is a real um, is disappointing, and it, and it isn't as I said um, how we were uh, told that this reform process and decision making process would pan out. So, yeah, the the, the mayors uh, across Otago and Southland have uh, jointly sent a letter to the minister yesterday uh, saying that look, we we need time to be able to do what we've always been told that we were going to be able to do and what we have told our communities that we will eventually be able to do, and that is see what the final proposal is, get their feedback on it in a, in a reasonably formal and structured way uh, to inform the decision that we take. Um, you know, other parts of the country are asking for a different timelines, but I think there's a, a fairly unanimous view across local government that a lot is happening very quickly and 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 you know you don't want to rush making decisions of such significance and and we'll see uh, whether our uh, approach to the minister is better received than that of our contemporary counterparts how long do you think you need well i think at the moment we're going through a process of uh, of working through the the data as it has been presented to us, uh, and that's an eight-week process that we're about halfway through, and then that will go to government, uh, and then cabinet will approve. Uh, that's to give feedback on the proposal effectively and the framework. Uh, that will go to cabinet, and then they will sign off on uh, the final, um, uh, the final pitch, if you like. Uh, and and what we want to be able to do is then uh, take that out for. Uh, formal, and that, so that's about sort of October-ish. Um, and what we want to be able to do is take that out for uh, formal <clears throat> and public feedback in our communities, which would take probably realistically a, a month or two. It's not a, a significant delay to be able to ensure that people are able to participate uh, in a decision that has such significant implications for them. Uh, well, next time we speak Aaron in a couple of weeks time if not before uh, we'll perhaps reflect on what response if any you get from government around that. Thanks so, so much again for taking some time to join us for our conversation on the awesome morning show Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins go well Thanks Jeff. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air